Hey guys, this is Jenna Irby, also known as Esthetician Jenna. I am owner of Skin Fit Aesthetics. I am also the co-host of the Charm School podcast. And in my own business, I use Schedulicity. And the reason I love Schedulicity is because it is so convenient for my clients. The platform and the website is so user-friendly. People can go on there anytime, day or night, when they're off of work, they're unwinding, they're finally in their bed at 8 p.m., ready to schedule their facial service when in traditional work hours, a receptionist would not be there. And they can just pop on the website, drink their cocktail, glass of wine while they're watching their favorite TV show and conveniently book their service with me. So that's why I love Schedulicity is just the convenience that it gives myself as well as my clients. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my bud, Tom. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Chilling like a villain. I'm, uh, I'm excited about today's conversation. It, it, yeah, me too. I mean, you just never know who's in our industry that is doing things that are, that's pretty impressive. Uh, agreed. So we met, um, we, 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 I've known about our artist today for... Um, for a while, but um, but we really got to know her when she sat on the panel with Miss um, Alilia Bundles. She she sat on the uh, the panel and asked a couple questions there, um, and you know that that was kind of like it like it like if it's a if if it's an onion with skin, right? Like that was like the first layer of the onion that we started to pull back, and then you know the more and more that you read about about our artist, and the more and more that you get to learn about her, man, those those onion layers just peel back, and and, and she is one deep with depth, um, um, artist. Oh man. Yeah. And she's infectious. She's, I mean, she really has a, you know, the more that you read about our artist, uh, it, it, her heart is very similar to what the podcast is about. Right. And mm-hmm. it is about others or it is about serving. It is about helping. It is about doing the right thing. And so, yeah. uh, the more you read about her, it's just, you know what I mean? The more intrigued and the more kind of drawn to her that, you know, you are. Yeah. I mean, you know, our moniker, uh, recently has been falling in love with the hair industry and, you know, the more and more that we get to know her, she makes it very, very easy to fall in love with not just the hair industry, but for the people in the industry, because I think the stuff that she's doing, um, for the industry and even outside the industry is pretty, pretty strong. And, and it's not just words, right? Uh, exactly it's not definitely not all talk she's definitely walking the walk well she walks the walk and then talks the talk instead of like like a lot of us where we talk the talk and then do the walk you know now i gotta now i I gotta step up right yeah she'll walk the walk and the talk is just to call you out because you ain't walking you know what i mean like (laughs) come on now come on so so again like i mega honored to to have um Miss uh, Crystal, she oh, on Instagram it, it's Crystal L something something something. She'll she'll give us the full thing, but uh, but it's Mister Miss Crystal uh, Graves and Crystal. She um, 
dude, I would, I just want to get into her story because I have so much to say about her that, that, that I don't want to take from her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most people probably know her as crystal L hair and makeup. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, that's yeah, her sorry I screwed that up. Yeah. Crystal L hair and makeup on, 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 on the Instagram. Um, but, and she's known as crystal L pretty much, um, everywhere, but, um, should we get in? Yeah. Cool. So Miss Crystal L Graves, <laughs> welcome to your day off. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to be here and honored to join this platform um, of the amazing artists that came before me and all those that will come after me and you well, guys. So well, thank well you. you're amazing, dude. We, uh, again, I mean, yeah. I, before you came on, Tony and I were talking, um, you know, off air and just, just about how impressive you are and, and, and how uh-huh. impressive the things that you are up to. Um, well, Thank just you. the thing that you're up to and how impressive that is. Yeah, because, you know, it's easy to, 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 to do something for yourself, you know, and, and promote yourself and, and, and especially in this industry to put a spotlight on yourself. But you do so much more than that. I mean, you, you put a spotlight on others and you really try to try to do things to, to really better this industry. And it's, that's what Corey and I were talking about, how, how impressed we are by you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think you, but, I mean, somebody poured into me, so you kind of have to pay it forward. That's always that, been my philosophy. Yeah, and that's what some of the stories we really want to get into, because Corey and I were talking, too. So where did you grow up? Where Where are you from? Um, so I'm actually originally from St. Louis, Missouri. So I grew up in St. Louis all the way until I was about 16. Um, and then my mom came to Columbia, Missouri, um, which is smack dab in the, in between Kansas City and St. Louis. So I spent the next... Oh my gosh, 20, 20 years um, here minus college. So you spent your whole life in Missouri? Yes, yes. And I, but lots of traveling. Um, from the time I was 19 until today, <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I usually take about three trips a year um, to different cities, either with girlfriends or with my husband, just to kind of um, see and learn about other cultures. And every time I go to a different city, I always get my hair done. Um, and I don't have any hair, so I literally <laughs> still always go to a salon just to get to know other stylists, make connections um, in person, not just on on social. Hey, when you meet, when you go to other salons and have your hair done, do you uh, do you introduce yourself as a hairdresser? Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times, what happens is I will do that before because um, with online booking, a lot of them are still like gender related, so it'd be like a woman's haircut. And so it's usually like a 45 minutes to an hour. So I hate to sit in the stylist chair and I have like, you know, this, this is like a two all over and kind of use that time. So I'll call a lot of times and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to book a haircut. You know, I have no hair, um, but I'm a hairstylist. So I like to just get to know other people in the industry and kind of see how you guys you do. And a lot of them use either the color line or the product line that I use. So we talk about those kinds of things. Tony, you just went to uh, you just went to non-gender uh, booking, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's either a haircut with blow dry. I mean, there is a I'll put a, a hair a haircut with or without blow dry and a barber cut. So you know, and so if you want clippers and you want that, you know. So yeah, I have women book barber cuts all the time. Yeah, and so um, I have yeah. Gender neutral is is how mine has always been. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a conscious thing at all. It wasn't like, oh, I just want to be like conscious of it. It was just literally, I had a few women when I started who had short haircuts and I was like, oh, the time. So I just went to clipper cuts um, versus like longer short haircuts. That's pretty cool. 
it, it's funny though it's like like i never really saw it as an issue until like 10 years ago when people started talking about it and and it was only an issue because it was made aware to me like yeah well that doesn't make, that doesn't make sense you know it, it's just it, it's just a haircut but um but whatever that's whatever how did you pay for time <laughs> That's exactly. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I think the argument was before that a woman's cut takes more time, you know, like a traditional, you know, woman's cut with, with blow dry and flat iron or whatever takes more time. So we need that. But, but how'd you, how'd you find our industry? Oh man. So, um, I stumbled upon it twice and said, no. Uh, so at 15, <laughs> my mom told me I'd be a hairdresser and I was like, you're a lie. Um, I had went to the hair salon and I was like, Ooh, I can do this. So from like 15 on, I did all my family's hair, I did my own hair. Um, but I had no desire whatsoever to be a hairstylist. Um, I went to school for education, um, learned real quick. I like my kids, um, and not other people's. <laughs> so, I, so you went, so you went to school to be a teacher. I went to school to be a teacher, actually special ed. So I did my practicum. Um, I got in there um, and I loved the kids. I really honestly didn't like the politics behind it. Um, so I stepped back and I went into higher ed. Um, so I worked at a, a major university here in town um, where I worked with minorities and sciences. So I did that for about four and a half years. And a friend of mine opened a salon downtown and my background was in marketing. Um, and so she was like, hey, will you help me? You know, I really want some helping on the marketing side of this. And I was like, sure. So she opened, I did that. And then one of our friends got married and she was running late and she was like, Hey, can you step in and help? And it was like wedding hair. And I was like, ah, okay. What do you need me to do? And she showed me a picture and I like nailed it. And she spent probably the next seven or eight months convincing me that I needed to go to hair school. And my thought process was like, um, I already got about 40 G's in debt. <laughs> Don't need another 17. I'm good. And so we started to think outside the box to figure out how we could do this without incurring, you know, more debt. And we came up with an apprenticeship. So I am actually, I did a full apprenticeship. So I never did traditional cosmetology school. I actually learned in a salon under someone else. Um, Sometimes that's, that's the best way of learning because it's literally hands-on training for the whole duration. Yes. And you really get to have, what was really cool is in our state, it's $1,500 for your normal um, cosmetology license if you go to school. It's 3000 if you do an apprenticeship. But what was cool is you can set that up however. So once I really hit the 1500 I ultimately worked in the salon. So I was still accruing my hours, but I was building a clientele. And we had a clear understanding that when I finished, I was booth running. Like I didn't want to be a commission stylist. Um, so when I finished, I literally probably had about 80% of a clientele. So I was able to hit the ground running full booth rent wow. um, and didn't have to like worry about like leaving hair school and um, none of those clients that really go with you because it's a $10 haircut. Right. So um, your friend that gave you the apprenticeship program, she was, she was totally okay with you taking off. And I, I did it in her space. So it was booth rent within her space. And oh. I had gotten so good at managing the salon that I actually stayed on. And I think I did 10 hours a week, um, two hours a day that I took care of all the paperwork. Um, and then I managed on the side. So she paid me a salary for that. And then I just paid booth rent on top. Wow. So it was like two different transactions. And it's already like, kind of like you're working the business side of it, you know, <laughs> and you're brand new yeah. in the industry. So I think like corporate, um, I did everything before I did hair. I mean, I sold cars. Um, I worked retail. Um, I mean, I managed a dentist office. And I think all of those things helped me be successful in the industry because I think we're all creative, but the business side sometimes has to like catch up. 
So I got really lucky having that foundation um, before diving in. All right, I want to take you back a little bit, dude. Like, how does like a layman just like on the street, like, hey, can you do this updo? And you're like, oh, yeah, I can nail that. Dude. Um, I'm really visual. And so with anything, like I'm the stylist who's like, when people are like, do you want pictures? I'm like, yes, 25, all angles, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm very like visual and I've been playing with hair forever. So it wasn't like, oh, she was like, do this updo. And I never done anyone's updo before. Like I said, I did all my family, my girlfriends. So these, when it was time to go out, I was the one that was like braiding hair or curling hair, or doing whatever to get us ready to go out. So it wasn't like, oh my God. I'm magic hands. It was things that I've been doing for, you know, 15 years. So, so unlike, you know, a lot of times we talk to, to, to the, to the guests, uh, and we ask them, you know, were your parents upset, you know, because especially if you went to a university, uh, for higher education and then, you know, a lot of times people, they said, yeah, my parents were upset. They were saying, they, they want me to go, but you're, you're, you're saying your mom wanted you to go to be a hairdresser from the start. Yes. So she you didn't like, have any resistance. No, she was like, you were just naturally talented. And I think I always tell anybody who meets me, like, I don't believe in coincidences. Like, I believe that we are, things happen for us to take advantage of opportunities. So the way my whole career has played out from that moment to where I am now, it has all been like, um, like how it's supposed to be. So no, my mom is like my biggest supporter. Like whatever I say, she's like, you can do it. Um, and then if I fail, she's like, it's okay. You can do it next time. So awesome. um, I love it's her. It's great to have that kind of family support, right? That kind of, uh, so I'm taking it. You're pretty close with your mom. Oh yeah. Best friend. Like talk to her three times a day. Every time I get in the car, I call her. And then when I'm like, okay, she's like, oh, you made it. I'm like, yep. So we talk, <laughs> we talk all the time. Awesome. So when you started hair, was she like, it's about time, about, about time, Crystal. Yes, she was. But she was, it was so interesting because I was like, well, I don't want to do family or friends. <laughs> like I did her, but I didn't really like, I never mixed business. And so she, that's her biggest struggle. Cause she's like, you just treat everything like a business. I'm like, because it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that's our only complaint is that I take my job too serious. Right. Um, but yeah, so Awesome. Well, you're in pretty good company because you said uh, you had a marketing background. I think, uh, I think, I think that's Britt. She started off with a ma marketing background as well. And, you know, we, we've had conversations with a few people that, that have kind of, well, I, let, let me preface it by saying we've talked to a few very successful people that, that started with a marketing background. I mean, I, that tells me that whether you go to school for marketing or whether you take some marketing classes as a hairdresser, it's, it, it's, it's, it's super important, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you really crave it. It's funny because after I listened to Britt's podcast, I actually talked to her and I was like, oh, I've, I've listened to her. I'm in her program. Like, um, it's crazy because I've heard her story before, but like when it was kind of laid out last week, I texted her, I was like, oh my God, we, we have very similar, um, stories. And she was like, yeah, it's crazy how parallel, um, they are. So I think that marketing part just makes me hungry for the change. So I welcome like the change and learning something new. Um, and being innovative within, you know, what I do both in the salon and um, with my social and marketing. Yeah, and what you have that a lot of people, I think what holds a lot of people back is the drive, right? So you can have all the knowledge, but if you don't have the drive, it, that that lack of drive will hold you back, you know. Um, but, or you can have the drive like Corey and I, and with no knowledge and... and <laughs> It just takes us 10 times longer to get to where we're going. <laughs> so, 
you made it. No, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so as we were studying you, so okay, this, that we're, here you are now. You're booth renting, and you mentioned earlier that you you've had several mentors. Have you been mentored prior to where you are now? Absolutely. Tons of times. Yes. I, I, Let's I talk fi- about how important the mentorship has been to you. Or Oh man, it's the, I think it's one of the most important things that, that you can have and be for somebody. Um, because if you want to know where you're going, it's best to talk to someone who's been there. Um, so I remember when I first opened, um, I hired a business coach and mostly it was because like, I'm like, what works really well? And I'm like, corporate America. And why does it work really well? Because it's very structured. And so I, when I created my first salon, I wanted to have like a human resources. I wanted like onboarding. I want all these things that were very corporate, um, that I had no idea like how to do. I don't know how to write a handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first business coach, she had a background in the federal government and she was like, that's a, this is a whole story to it, but she was like, you know, I'll gift this to you for one year. I'll onboard all of your employees. Um, I'll take care of all of like the HR stuff, um, for one year. Cause I think this is something that you're, you know, born to do. Um, so she was my first mentor and she probably stayed with me for about two and a half years. Um, and then I would probably say the next thing I'm really involved in my community. So there's a women's business center here. So they were like that next step when I took on more employees, um, and then really learning, um, I always wanted to like level up. So I was like, okay, you know, I think I've got it all here. What's next? How do I change um, and become like the elite among stylists? And and that's when I first found Brit. Um, and so I had a lot of like the marketing, the branding, all of that was in place. I pretty much had about, um, I would say about a 90% clientele. I booked about four to six weeks out at that time, mm-hmm. but I wanted to raise my prices and I was kind of scared to do that. Um, I didn't know how to do that. And so her program really helped me understand how to level up and how to like charge my worth. So, so you, I want to backtrack a little bit. So after you did the booth renting, you, you opened your own salon? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that, and that, that was not, that was totally um, by chance, actually. I had no desire um, to run a salon and I, went to buy a kid's chair and a magazine rack from a salon that was closing. And when I went in, I talked to Carolyn, I'll never forget Salon Genesis. And we talked for like 45 minutes. She walked me out to my car. I get to my car and she was like, have you ever thought about opening a salon? I was like, yeah, I thought about it, but I ain't got no money. And the banks don't loan to like you for your business when it's just your business is the income. And she said, well, what if I gave you everything in this space? And I said, what I would think about owning a salon. And she, I mean, literally she was like, if you want it, it's yours. And by that point, all the big stuff was still there. The stations, the chairs, the sinks, everything was still in the space. So I actually left and I went to talk to Angela, which was my business. She was still my, um, I had still been working with her just as a business coach um, individually. And she, that's when she made the offer about one year. Um, And then the next one was another friend of mine who had a big allergy and asthma company. And I, went to coffee with her and I said, Hey, this is the opportunity. It's not really anything that I want to do, but I think, you know, I can do it. And I think I can be successful at it. But again, we talked about the whole corporate thing. And I was like, I don't know that I want to get like a bank loan. Um, and she said, well, how much do you think it's going to cost? And I said, you know, based on everything that I've done, I would say about nine, five. 
And she said, I'll gift it to you. And she was like, just no interest. Just tell me how you're going to pay it back. Write me an amortization and it's yours. So those things, there was no way to say no. So I pretty much got a zero interest loan um, to do everything I needed to do in this space. And then all of the the big brick and um, stuff was inside. So that's how the salon was born. Dude, I, this doesn't even make sense to me. So you meet, so you're a stranger to this woman and she offers you her salon. Absolutely. Yep. And what's even funnier is about a year later, I, I do work at the Women's Business Center. I did mentoring and um, I went into the space. And what I did know at the time was her sister actually was the director of the Women's Business Center. And her sister was like, she had no idea that this was the same crystal. And then she said, I knew when she started talking, it had to be you because Carolyn doesn't like anybody and you just grow on people. So... <laughs> Like a fungus. You're talking about destiny, right? <laughs> so your mom saw it from the very beginning. You you kept resisting, resisting. I don't want to be a hairdresser. I don't want to be a salon owner. But the industry is like, you belong to us. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's why this, I love the industry and I give it so much because I, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And everything that happens, um, it just confirms that over and over again. As we're having this conversation, you see how she slides these things that, that we have, or, you know, we haven't mentioned or brought up. She's constantly talking about where she's going in and mentoring younger women. You know what I mean? So not only, you know, being busy enough, you're still taking time out and you're going and mentoring and giving your time to help other young women. What is that about? Um, so I actually, which I don't talk about it on my social a lot. Um, I actually have a nonprofit. So about four years ago, I started a nonprofit called the bold Academy. So it stands for the black and brown girls opportunity leadership and development Academy. And it really started from, again, someone poured into me. So on our street growing up in St. Louis, her name was Judy shop and she was a counselor. And we just, she just riled our entire street together with the parents. And we did like community cleanup projects. We did like etiquette our first college tours, you know, were all her. Um, and when I moved to Columbia, I was like, okay, where do you guys go for like your college tours and your cleanup programs and your volunteer hours? And they were like, what? Nowhere. Like there was the boys and girls club, but that was like really it. And their focus was mostly really on after school programs, um, getting kids the food that they needed. Um, but it wasn't really serving the community. So that stuck with me from 17. And when I got behind the chair, I kept hearing the same story. I kept hearing, you know, moms or grandmas where their teen daughters were just like struggling. They really, honestly, we are, we're in a place where there's four colleges and universities in our backyard. And as a student who had a 4.0, they, they weren't recruiting me. Like I didn't see that as a place that I could go. Um, so I wanted to help girls that look like me realize that you can be anything and there are people who are doing awesome things um so the nonprofit was born so that's how it started um and we've been doing it for four years and our real goal is that we set up a 529 college fund for each of the girls and they can use that for any post-secondary education tech school cosmetology school and they earn the money by volunteering attending um, meetings um yeah so we have oh my gosh this is a fourth year we have 100 percent success rate so we've graduated Nine girls, all nine girls have went on to either post-secondary education or college with 50 to 75% more um, scholarships. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Thank that you. Is fantastic. Hey, hey, when you said that they had to go to meetings, what kind of meetings are those? 
So each um, month, the second Saturday of every month, we meet and do something that's in our core values. So it's either STEM, art, dance, community outreach. Um, so we just did one this past Saturday. And this one's all about um, going, getting ready to get back into school and thinking about um, like dealing with any anxiety or self-care or understanding that all of your feelings are valid. Um, and we just kind of talk to them what it's going to look like going into the next school year, how we plan to support them. Um, and then this, the Saturday before in July, we did a paint party. So it was like a virtual paint party. We had food mm -hmm. delivered to their houses. We all got online and painted. Yeah, well, you had food delivered to their houses? Yes. So a lot of the, cool. the population that we serve don't necessarily um, have a lot. And we've always served food, you know, like I mean, if you think about it, anytime somebody's like, oh, there's free pizza, like you're always down to go, right? You're like, a right. free meal, I'm in. Um, so we That's always- lure everybody to my house because I'm a <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, I'm barbecuing. And then next thing you know, we have a big party, so. Yes, right. people like food. All you need is food. At college, they were like, there's going to be food at the whatever, whatever. And you're like, I'm there. So we always provide food. Um, so I found a local guy who was willing to deliver. Um, so he delivers, we do a route, um, we drop off the food um, and supplies if they need it as far as like what we're doing for that day. That's, That's fantastic. Thank you. That really, really cool. So you did like a, like a paint party, like you see the stuff, like you, you kind of like, hey, follow along and, and do it. Like, like I've seen, um, my wife and I have never done it, but I've seen like spouses and stuff kind of do like paint parties. It was, it was that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, well, she actually, t I like her idea better. So I went to paint parties and I'm like, I have no patience. So I'm like, I suck at this. So like halfway through, because you're painting from scratch, you're like over it. Hers is really cool because it's a pre-sketch canvas. So really, you're just taking this pre-sketch canvas and making it your own. So I feel like that was like much easier. Like color by numbers. Yes, which I've done that. Like, oh man, we did that over quarantine. I got a Van Gogh that was like ridiculous. And um yeah, we did it oh, like yeah, twice. Coloring books are pretty impressive. Yeah, wow. yeah, but you got to you got to have some patience and yeah. um, a lot of time on your hands. But that's the that's the whole beauty of 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 who the, one of the reasons why we fell in love with you is because of who you are, because you are pouring into a lot of people Thank to, and uh, not even a, in a selfish reason. It's all about trying to lift these young girls up or just help the industry out. And, it's just really such a, a remarkable, beautiful thing that you're Thank doing. You. Thank you. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've, I've, I love it. Um, it's my passion project. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't, my husband's like, don't do another thing. So I think I'm, I'm and then when I launched, <laughs> when I launched my latest project, he was like, really? I'm like, yes, like, you know, this is like, this is up and running. Um, I have a co-founder with me. Um, we've been able to establish a pretty good system. I'm a systems girl. And so now I don't have to like do as much hands on with that. So it was time to go on to the next um, project, which is our industry. So it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, when you lived in St. Louis and, and, and that this lady, Miss Shaw, she, uh, she kind of ingrained like the, the, the servitude um, into you. And, and, and it, so I guess with, with the bold Academy, is it more like, like teaching others how, the servitude or is, or is it, or is it helping in other ways as well? Or, or is that just the, is that, is that just the bonus to it or hopefully the bonus to it since that was um, the bonus? So it's, it's a combination. So it's the bonus to it because I feel like we have to learn to give because that's what I think we should do. And then 
and, and everything else that comes with the giving, the joy of doing it will come after and always comes. But the biggest reason was to help girls build social and economic equity within our community. So we are a college town that has tons of doctors, lawyers, teachers, hairdressers that are, are of color doing great things. And sometimes you don't see those, right? Like if you don't see it, you don't know that it exists. You don't know that this is something you can do. So I wanted to bridge that gap Mm-hmm. So they, there's always speakers who are always doing things. So they actually go out in the community and see someone that is doing a job and they can see that as something that's attainable for them. That's amazing. And, and your husband doesn't want you to do another uh, uh, project because he doesn't see you enough. Is that, is that, is that his argument? Or is <laughs> I don't know. So I think it's more so because he's like, you're just busy. And I'm like, yeah, but we still like we hang out a lot. Like we're together like all the time and he's a professor. So he has free time, like more free time. Um, so we still like, we're still together all the time. I think cause sometimes I like, I'm like, I'm so, I always say I'm so productive versus busy. I'm so productive. And he's like, yeah, but you could probably like sit down somewhere. <laughs> so maybe sometimes I complain a little bit. And so he's like, you don't need another anything, but I, I just, I'm always looking for the next best, like the next great thing, I guess. To, Awesome. I think it's just called ambition, man. You're, you're good for it. Thanks. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. I mean, you wouldn't be able to touch all these people, you know, all these, all these young girls, um, you know, without it or, yeah. or you know, whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, dude. So, you know, you, you, you kind of have a reputation as, as like a, as like a bridal specialist and um, as makeup and stuff. Listen, we try to avoid talking about too much about COVID, but you know, there's no way not to talk about it. What, what's, um, so all the, all the weddings and stuff that were canceled, are, are you starting to see, are, are, are we starting to see a lot more fall and winter, um, 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 the, the, the weddings? Absolutely. It was interesting. So I think everybody was like petrified at first. Um, but I will say where we are, the numbers stayed pretty low. Um, and so people who were in the spring have moved to the fall and winter. Um, and I'm actually not taking any more weddings for the fall. Um, but I do my wedding things a little differently um, than traditionally. Um, like having this whole like wedding people in the salon, I actually have just a team that is completely outside of my space. And I just run them and book them. So I do it a little differently so i've been able to even though i quit doing weddings like as the crystal oil hair and makeup brand i've been able to feed them just jobs that they can go do without me um and what's interesting again this coincidence thing i did not take so i did not take a ton at the end of this year because my son was going off to college and he was going to play basketball so i knew i had their basketball schedule so i knew a lot of the weekends from pretty much um October 1st on to the end of the year, we're going to be basketball. And I had every intention on going to every game. So I did not miss out on a ton of stuff. So, I mean, um, one of my friends is here from California and I like have, I'm trying to convince him to stay to take a bunch of these weddings. I would say in the last two weeks, no exaggeration. I would say about 15 requests for fall. Wow. Wow. It's not even 15 weekends. uh, (laughs) Well, people are getting married. I don't know about you, where you guys are, but we we're Friday and Sunday weddings. And because what's happening, because a lot of these weddings were already booked in the fall, people are taking weekdays. So you might get a Tuesday or Thursday wedding because they can't go on these fall weekends. There were already these brides. 
So now they're having to find substitute dates and venues are absolutely happy to open and take that extra money that they wouldn't normally be making. Yeah, I bet they are, right? It's, yeah. It, it, and, and, you know, they're suffering too because they didn't have any spring or, or, or summer um, um, weddings. So, you know, Especially the, the big ones and they still have those limits. So they're still like... And we have a, I don't know about where you guys are, but we have like a mandatory um, mask wherever you are. So yeah, whether you're right. outside or inside, whether you can keep distance or not, yeah. you are required to wear a mask. Yeah, our area is that unless you're outdoor dining. You know, outdoor yeah. dining is the only time that, that you can kind of not wear the mask. Um, it's, it's actually interesting because uh, with the weddings too, we've had like limits. Like I know we're in the state of Maryland and the state of Maryland says that you know, um, your wedding can only have 80 people. And that includes serving staff. And that includes, you know, you know preacher, minister, whatever, you know, all those, it's, it, it's the number is 80 total. So we've literally been disinvited to like three weddings um, already this year. Um, yeah. I ain't all that mad about it. But you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely happened, though. Yeah, so, um, I, I think here, they're doing it like per venue. So like, if you're a venue, um, I think right now they're at 25% of what your capacity is, is how many people you can have. But it's interesting. A lot of people are still canceling like indoor places because they have to wear masks um, as a requirement. So a lot of people are trying to move to outdoor venues or backyards. Right. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess it doesn't matter with us though. Right, Tom? I think it's just 80 uh, total. I think that's. Yeah. yeah. You, either indoor or outdoor, you have to wear a mask uh, if, if you're closer than six feet feet. yeah yeah that's great i didn't realize you had a team so you have a team that actually works for you like a wedding team yes so i will tell you what's interesting about owning a space is that you real i realized really quickly that i did not like managing people every day um (laughs) and i i fell into weddings like i did i'm i did a style shoot for a wedding um that was one of my clients who was a photographer and she was like well you do hair and makeup and i was like sure and then those pictures came out and then every photographer in our town and vendor reached out to me to do bridal hair. Um, and that just gave me a name in the industry that like within our, our city that I did bridal hair and makeup. Um, and so I decided to run with it. But what I didn't want is like a bunch of people working for me um, in my space. Like, and, and so I was like, how can I do this um, without taking on more overhead um, but still make, you know, this money. So I have a team of right now, there are four hairstylists and six makeup artists. Wow. Um, and what they do is at the beginning of the year, they give me their dates for the month. I mean, for the year that they're available. Um, and then I do all the branding, the marketing, the setup. And then I just, we have a doc, um, that I just put in, you know, their weddings, um, and then they're paid a commission rate. So they, they show up for, if they have, like, they're the main one doing bride, um, makeup, they show up for, like, makeup for the trial. I do all the hair. So with, I have a weird system about hair. So I feel like if no matter, if two people are doing the same hairstyle, if that, it's not going to turn out the same. It's not going to be cohesive. So I actually do, I put up every single person's hair. So if you work hair with me, you're just prepped. So I do a full like 11 Australia prep um, that's completely different. Like I wet the hair when they get there, which most people don't do. They start from like dry hair and then I build in the texture and then they curl or whatever the prep is. And then I actually line them up and go in order so that all the hair is done like the way I would like similarly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they I've been doing that for about four years. 
Um, and we were ex- by this. Wait a second. You said you're not doing wedding hair, but now you're doing wedding hair? Like, no, I'm saying I do wedding I'm sorry, what do you mean? I'm lost. I thought you said you weren't doing wedding hair anymore. No, I didn't say that. Did I say that? Maybe not this fall. No, we were done booking for the fall. Oh, got it, got it. it. Maybe that's right. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So you have a team that comes in and they just, they kind of assist you. So when it comes to like actually like bending the hair and putting it in place, you're doing that. Yes. But you have a team that comes in and they'll, you know, put the curling iron curls in it before. Yeah. They do all the prep work. Yeah. And then the makeup artist, I don't do makeup at all um, anymore. I learned about maybe about two years ago that my brain just can't do like a full face of makeup and then go do hair. It just, it takes me. Yeah. I even, um, which my staff laughs at me. Um, if I have like a bridal shoot or, or bride hair, I either the night before pull out my mannequin heads and practice every look. Cause we pre-plan all the looks for everybody. Oh wow. Um, or the night uh, or the morning before the wedding. So I'll do like one or two mannequin heads just to get my mind in the rhythm of, of wedding hair because it's not something we do every day. That's pretty smart. Systems. <laughs> yeah, it's a system. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah. So I want to get back to, uh, uh, to the story because I, I, you know, I think it was my, my, my fault that we left the story because she talked about, you know, the woman offering you the salon and, you know, you went and talked to your business partner <clears throat> or your mentor and, uh, and then your other uh, friend or client, your mentor loaned you the, the no interest uh, loan. And so when you went back to uh, the salon owner and said, you know what, what was that conversation? Like, I'll take it. Um, yes. So I went back to Carolyn and we met for coffee. And I told her that I would absolutely be interested in taking everything in this space. And what was really cool is that like, we even worked it out that I got to keep her phone number, which I still own um, because it was like, um, it was 441 new you. And, you know, back then it was like, oh, we actually looked at the letters on the phone. Um, So she did all that stuff so that we could transfer the phone numbers. Um, I signed a new lease within that building. um, And we we kept in touch until this day. So when you negotiated, the, was it a negotiation with the new lease or what was it? It, did it, carry it was, out? it was. So her lease was up. So that's why they were moving. So when I met with him, um, like he gave me a price for this space and I was like, uh. and I remember talking to Mr. Kenny, he owns a jewelry store next to me. And he was like, um, just ask him, like, all he can do is say no. So I was like, and it was just a one year lease. And I was like, Hey, if I sign a three year, will you drop it to this? And he was like, Sure. So he was down to guarantee, you know, three years versus the one year and um, drop the rate. So, yep. Thank you, Mr. Kenny. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, one thing I tell people, um, and it's a philosophy that I live by. And and, um, when I was a kid, I used to be afraid to ask things because I hated rejection, right? Like, so I would like write my parents notes and then like slide and be like, circle, yes or no. Um, And my first business coach said, you know, the answer is already no, right? So it doesn't hurt to ask. So if you just ask and they tell you no, nothing's changed. So I, like, I ask for anything. People be like, really? I'm like, I mean, no. So, you know what? That's amazing advice. You know, the answer is already no, because you haven't asked, right? Yeah. So there's only upside on the question. Yep. You know, it's either, it's either even or, or it's upside that that's, yes. that, that that's a mind blow. 
Yep. Yeah, we're going to steal that one. Yeah, I so. I, I'm definitely stealing that one. There's no it's doubt. A ga- it's a game changer, though, because we often just don't ask. And we're like, oh, but like, what are you going to lose from asking? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Make a little pride. Yeah, I'm going to tell my son hurt. that. Yeah, because my son, he doesn't ask anything. He's just, you know what I mean? He'll, <clears throat> he'll rather ha- not have it than ask versus it. asking for it. So, yep. But if I put it in that perspective, that's fantastic. Hopefully, he yep. did it all. <laughs> he gets the mind blown too. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, you're right, Dad. Yeah, yeah dude, I it's love that. For that. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, okay, so so now you negotiated this new lease. Um, what was it like moving in? I mean, because obviously, I mean, I guess you had some business experience because you've managed uh, the, a previous salon. You you have a clientele, so you know how to manage your clientele. But you've really never had employees. Yeah, oh, was, there, was there a staff? So there. So when it was when I went in, it was just me. Um, because she recommended that I not take any of her staff with me, which I thought was hilarious. Um, oh, so. you can't, you can't, you can't gloss over that. Yeah. So, so she was like, "Nah, you don't really want them." Yep. I mean, pretty much is exactly what she said. She said she inherited them when she took over, um, and her <laughs> daughter, and she just inherited it. So like. I think she said the woman who owned it, her daughter was in the space, like just left in the middle of the night. And so they showed up and she was gone. All the stuff was still inside. The landlord left them in. He couldn't get a hold of her. And so her daughter begged her, you know, four years prior to take over the salon because like, I guess she couldn't afford it. So she was not in our industry, had no desire to do this, but she had done it for four years for her daughter who was now moving somewhere else. So she just said no. She was like, you don't want. She was like, one guy maybe, but everyone else probably not. Wow. So I took her advice. I'm like, I never look the gift horse in the mouth. So I'm like, no. So you and fired I everybody? So you're the new They were already the... gone. So because oh, she was it. selling anyway. And I was got like, it. should I reach out to them and tell them, you know, it's going to stay a salon? And she said no. Nah. And I, I could afford the rent on my own. So I was cool at first. Um, and I'll just be honest, what I learned really quick is like recruiting, um, hairstylists is hard. Um, and I don't know if it's, and I just want to be completely honest. I don't know if it's harder when you want to recruit hairstylists that don't necessarily look like you. Um, like if you want to be a diverse space, because I think there's an intimidation that I'm going to require them or if their skill set is not what they think I do. that they may not, you know, fit into the space. So that was, I think that was um, the issue at first, but then I just got creative and I was like, hmm, how can I make more money and figure out a way to, um, if I can't find stylists? And I just went to the local um, hair school and I talked, um, I often educated there and I just told them, hey, I was looking for assistance. And so I figured if I could get assistance, a few, I could see more clients. And then maybe since they're in hair school, they would see that the atmosphere is cool, diverse. Um, They can learn some new things and then, you know, branch into working for me after they were done. Has that worked? Um, So it did. So I managed my favorite guy. I managed to take um, one student from there. And then coincidentally enough, um, I went into Sally's Beauty to buy something, a wax wax cart and um the young lady i had met her years ago at the nail shop her name is sasha um and she was at the counter and she had beautiful 
layers and color. And I was like, oh my God, I love your hair and your layers. Who did it? And she was like, I did. I was like, you're a hairdresser? She was like, no, I'm a, a nail technician. I was like, have you ever thought about being a hairdresser? <laughs> and she was like, yes, but I wanted to do nails first so it could pay my way through hair school. And I was like, well, have you ever thought about being an apprentice? And she was like, no, what's that? And I was like, let's meet for coffee. <laughs> um, and four years later, um, Sasha works right next to me. She's, so she became my apprentice. Um, I trained her completely under me. And what's really cool is um, Sasha's white. Um, but she does all hair. Uh, so it, so, and she, because we grew together, there's so much pride for her within the salon itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did 3000 hours. Um, she built her clientele. Um, she finally, she went out into booth rent, um, in I think October of last year, but then she still works commission for me two days a week. That's confusing. So she booth rents, a couple of days a week, and then she uh, she she commissions a couple of days a week. So she pays a booth rent. So her booth rent is what it is. Like that's right. a completely separate transaction. Right. And then I make her a check for her commission rate for the two days that she works for me. So really, she just takes that commission money, and I'm sure applies it toward her booth rent. Okay, that I'm so confused. No. So um, so so she, so she, so you for booth rent. Let's say she you charge her a hundred bucks a, a week. Right. For booth rent. Yep. Okay. Now, 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 now back me back into it. Okay. So she, I charge her a hundred dollars a week for booth rent, right? Right. She pays her booth rent every mm -hmm. week. That's a whole nother transaction. Right. And then I do payroll every two weeks and then I just write her a, a payroll check. So it's in the other day, she's making her own money. Does that right. make sense? So, so like Monday through Friday, she's making her own money. Saturday and Sunday, she's working for you. Correct. Um, is she, is, she, is she working for you as a stylist or she's working for you as a manager or as a... As a stylist. So I have so much overflow that she will see my current clients who've known her the entire time she was an apprentice. So if somebody didn't rebook and can't get in, or if there's a last minute or overflow, then I will just schedule them with her. But she doesn't see any of my new guests. For her, man, that must be like a tax nightmare. I don't think so. I mean, we've been Being, doing it a while. She's kind of a W-2 and a 1099 at the same time, right? Yeah. So she has my accountant, so it works. So. <laughs> Your accountant makes it work. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, like, I think it yeah. just works. I mean, I, so I think you, if you keep it separate, I mean, it was kind of the same thing where I grew up at. Like, I got paid a check to manage the salon, but then I paid booth rent. Right. So I think it's just something that works in my head. Yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. then... I'm trying to follow it. I'm just thinking like, you know, what, how do you write stuff off? And, you know, like, do you write stuff off? Only so she uses my supplies. So when she works for me under me, it is mm -hmm. all my back bar, all my supplies. So that's nothing related to her. Right. So she, all, basically she just adds her W2 to her. 1099. Yeah. Yep. yep. This is like if I was to go work freelance, like when I were work freelance, you know, I might have two 1099s. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. cool. That's really cool, man, and, and what an opportunity for her too. And and um and of course, you know, as as uh as organized as Crystal is, it must be a great apprenticeship program to kind of to kind of go through, right? Uh, yep, I made a whole system. I got a book. And... Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I got a book. I got it all. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it was great. Um, I think Sasha. One thing we've we've learned, like she loves like helping. 
Um, so I think the commission part gives her that stability um, to know that she has this income while she grows. And she's actually in a space there two of two other stylists in our space that are like me they they're seasoned um so pretty much we feed her anyone we can't get in so she doesn't really have to do a ton of legwork for clients because uh -huh. she just really helps us and we figure if the money stays in-house um that's the best Better. way yeah so what so how many stylists do you have working for her? You. So, um, so actually I only have Sasha that works for me commission and we have a, um, we call it a collaborative space. So there are actually three individual stylists. So myself, um, Carla and Melissa, and then we just split everything three ways, but it is a big open space. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like I didn't want to do the whole sweet thing, um, because I like the collaboration. I like you know, being that. with people. Um, but I was over after about, after three years, my three-year lease was up. I was over um, having this overhead of a, of a salon and, and managing people. I was just over it. And the wedding team was doing so well. I was making that commission that I was would have made with people and I didn't have to manage them all the time. Got it. Got it. Where did you, um, how'd you find Brit? And, 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 and when did that, uh, well, how'd you find um, her? Where'd you find her? All that, all that good so stuff. I think I found her from the podcast first. Uh -huh. I think I found her from the podcast. And then I started, um, like looking on social and then she had like a boot camp. It was like a boot camp to kick off her fall 2018. Um, so I took the boot camp. actually me and my, the other girl in my space, Melissa took the boot camp. And then I was like, okay, she's a systems girl. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I really like, I think like I can level up on these systems. Um, so yeah, I joined in fall of 2018. Um, and I will say I didn't like the branding part of all that I kind of had done from like 2000, probably 16. I did my last rebrand. Um, but the systems and um, finding other group of, of stylists that look like me that are from other places mm -hmm. um, was really helpful. And yeah been a game changer for sure that's amazing she we're, we're big fans of hers i mean obviously you know that um you know yeah. and like and you know it, it's interesting to me and we didn't talk to this uh with brit i don't know why we're going to brit but we'll stick we'll hang out here for a little bit but um but you know she's kind of doing stuff outside of the industry in a weird way like she's in the industry but she's outside the industry as well like um she's just very interesting to me and and how she's made a go of this is is mind-blowing to me like 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 I, I, we're just, I'm just a mega, mega fan of what she's doing and more importantly, how she's doing it, you know, as well. So I was kind of interested, interested, why I asked the question was, you know, what did you find in her? What, what was appealing about Brit to you? Um, really? It was, yeah, it was the systems. Like, I'll uh, be honest. I knew, um, and her and I have talked about this, like the technical side of what's in there, like the actual hands-on part, it's not um, like, but the systems of like, you know, how you would um, like really how you brand yourself and how the customer service experience, I think her take on the customer service experience um, is a game changer. Um, there are things that I've implemented in my business that no one in my entire town does. Like I am in a town with, you know, a hundred salons and no one does. Oh, actually one other person, Keely, because she's also a thriver <laughs> <laughs> and we're friends, but I mean, just, and it was funny because 
she, we didn't know that each other were thrivers until I did Brit's podcast and she listened and then reached out to me. Um, and then we're like, oh, this, our, if we look at everything we do, it's very similar. Um, and we've become good friends and talk about like issues and problems. So really it was, it's the systems and the customer service, like the ideas that she comes up with um, to help you level up are not, are not like anything that I've seen. I think a lot of our industry, we do a great job of like technical, right. um, but there are a few people who talk about the business. And again, Britt came from corporate, right? She worked at the Ritz Carlton. So she's like me, we understand like, if you want something to, if you don't want to work in your business, you know, like you have to have these systems set up and then they kind of run themselves. Right. Yeah. One of my biggest takeaways from the podcast that we did with her was how she was like, I would just hand write cards. You know, I would just like, Hey, happy, you know, it's your son's birthday coming up. And, and, you know, my, my return to her was, was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's information that you're getting anyways, right? People are talking about their kids too. And just, just, just that you're caring enough to, to, to send out something, um, you know, yep. to the kids is, is pretty awesome. Birthday cards, thank you notes, graduations, all of the above. And I do it. Yep. I do them all. Like I do welcome videos. There are just mm -hmm. so many things that people don't do. Um, and one of the things I always tell people, um, our industry is building, you know, breeding a thousand of us every day. Um, and you have to figure out what's going to set you apart. And I think we, as a culture have gotten away from like customer service, like, you know, giving that extra mile. Um, and I think Britt had said something about like mail, like somebody was like, Oh, mail is dead. I'm like, Oh my God, when you get a card in the mail, like it's, there's something about a card, a letter, anything that's not like a bill or an advertisement, you're like all over and excited about it. And email is, you know, a dime a dozen. Right. Yeah. It's funny how things it, it flipped like back in the day, <laughs> you know, you get these mail and, and, and an email was like, Oh, look at this. Yeah. Now how it's flipped right now. Cause now you're bombarded with so much spam and emails that a, a nice letter or a card that says you're thinking of me, it really does mean a lot. Yep. And so it's just staying in tune to what's, what's current, what's happening and, and try to stay ahead of the game. Obviously, that's what you guys are doing. Do you need like a marketing program to understand all these systems? And you know, <laughs> to, um, you guys no, are very similar, and, and you guys rock. So yeah, um, I don't think you need like um. I think you need a uh, a marketing plan. So I do. Um, I sit down at the end of every year and write out every single thing for the upcoming year, and it'll change. But um, I know what what my VIP program is going to be. Um, I do tip Tuesday. So I record tutorial videos that go out in my newsletters um, every That's Tuesday. Awesome. So I batch those and record those. Um, so I do plan a lot of that ahead, but I think once you've done it once, right, it's just fill in the blank the next time. I think um, a lot of times we don't, when we get a good nugget or a good system, we never write it down. And we think when we come back to it, we're going to remember it, but you've done a hundred other things in between. So if you can just jot down something in your notes of how you did this, um, before you know it, you'll have a full system that you can just go back and plug into a Google Doc. All right. I want to back you up a little bit. So, you know, we're entering, um, you know, we used 2021 um, because hopefully that's a more normal year than 2020 has been. So, you know, you sit down, you know, the end of 2020 and, and you figure out your marketing plan for 2021. Now you said like you do tip 
Tuesday. Is that, that's, that, and is that, is that on your Instagram or is that for your clients? Or, that is just or? for my VIP program. So that is just for my clients. Um, and it Got seems it. to be more than my clients because there's about 953 people on the email list. So I talk about it in other spaces. So I think other hairstylists like will look or because it's not just tips for it, it's all kinds of like hair, makeup, and then things that are, are interesting that are local, but 90% hair and makeup. Got it. So, so to be a part of your VIP, is there a cost to it or nope. you're just a client? You're just, you're a, just client. a client. Just yeah. a, let me put this in quotation. You're a hair client of crystals and that's, that's how you, uh, that's how you are on the VIP. So you don't have clients that aren't on the VIP. Um, you have to go sign up. So you literally right, right, have to I go understand that. The, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but, but nobody's excluded because no. they don't spend enough money in crystals salon or something like no, that. No, they just have to open up the email. So the whole point is to get them to open up the email because there'll be other things in it so that's a way to promote the other stylist or things that were going on or to know what product specials there are so I put those in there as well it's interesting to me and correct me where I'm wrong if if I'm wrong but so like you'll do like something very cool like a tip for Tuesday you know a hair tip or whatever and then and then under that you'll do some marketing stuff as far as like bringing money into the business instead of just like hey here's an email to ask you to spend more money in my in my you know, then you're adding more value, I think, to, to then just asking for the, for the money. Yep. And then you can say there's a little link you can share this on your social um, oh to let God. all your friends see it. So then that brings in kind of the referral back in because they're like, oh, my God, this. And, and what people will usually say is, I'm on my hairstylist since these awesome tips on Tuesdays. Check out this flat iron curl. And so then other people will see it. And then they go to, I call it the rabbit hole. So then they're like, oh, who's Crystal? Oh, here in America, click. Um, if they're your dream client, they look at your branding, your funnel, and they're like, oh, this is my, this is my kind of stylist. Dude, that is such a genius tip. What, 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 anything else you can share about, uh, about what you're doing? Um, oh, man. So let's see other cool things that I do. Um, so we do Tip Tuesdays. We did pre-COVID. Um, we did like um, styling classes tutorial. So you would pay a fee. You would come to the salon and we would walk you through like a hair or makeup tutorial. Um, you would bring your own um, like tool. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, with my, with any service that I do, you can book a lesson. So if you go to my service menu, it can be a haircut, blow dry, and then a lesson. And then what that gives is that gives an extra 15 minutes that we do a one-on-one -on -one lesson of whatever topic they want to talk about. So if they want to talk about how, how do I more do this finish? or how do I do this braid, they can do that um, as a lesson. Um, I give, I mean, the traditional things that I think everybody does, I give out gift bag, gift goodie bags when they leave. Um, let me think, I mean. I like the, I like the, I like the uh, styling party. I've actually known a couple of people that have done that, you know, for years actually. And, and it's still just really, it's just really cool um, that, that you can connect with your clients like that. Did you, um, uh, like at a salon that I worked at, they did that and they, they would say, hey, bring a friend, you know, and hopefully that friend wasn't a client. Of the, uh, yep. You or, got, so if you brought a friend, you got a better goodie bag. <laughs> um, Friends we, bag. We, always, yep, we always did a drawing and I have the best distributor in the world um, because a lot of the times I just ask my distributor for um, samples or this is what I'm doing or I'd like to give away a flat iron um, and they always provide it for me. So. That is so, so. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty awesome. That's cool. Hey, Crystal, if, if people uh, if people aren't on your VIP or, or want to follow you, where 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 can they uh, where can they where can they find you? Um, so on my Instagram, it's Crystal Hair and Makeup. Um, 
our website for the salon is crystalhairandmakeup.com. Um, same on Facebook. It's all crystal <laughs> hair and makeup. Um, and it's C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L. Um, and then um, the coolest thing I would think would be um, to join the wait list for my All Hair Academy, um, which is a course, the five-week course mastermind. We meet um, one hour every week, um, and then we support each other for the five weeks, and we talk about how to diversify what you're doing to multiply your income. How did we not talk about this? How I don't know. This we just like... didn't. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Tell us yeah, a little bit about before, the All yeah. Hair Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so All Hair Academy, we are right in the middle Try to keep of, it a secret. <laughs> of our first. <laughs> Apparently, we're not on the VIP, Tony. Right. Yeah. So the VIP, that's for the salon. That's for the salon. So this is my online education platform. Um, so the whole goal is to get a full understanding of all hair texture. So I'm a person that believes that like hair doesn't have a skin color. That has been my vibe from the moment I started. And if you understand hair or the texture, you can diagnose it and go from there. That's it. That's all it boils down to. So this course talks about how to diversify what you're doing. So it's not necessarily how to understand how to do a hair type that you're not doing, but if you're doing something, how can you do it on a more diverse level, if that makes sense? Um, it's how to attract um, clientele, how to make sure that your branding is more diverse um, so I think whenever we create our dream client, we never say a skin tone, right? We just say, I want someone who has a disposable income of this, you know, wants to do root, you know, great coverage. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, then how do you make your branding say that? Um, and this is especially for salon owners that want to create a diverse salon space. Um, I really believe that you diversify to multiply. So it's a five-week course. Um, we cover... Um, branding, style shoots, marketing, um, and two weeks of hands-on technical. That's amazing. I mean, first off, Bravo. Yeah, what's the name of that again? Um, it's called the All Hair Academy. And the cool thing is that hopefully during the five weeks, you have an aha moment. So it's the acronym for AHA. Love it. You're the best. <laughs> and, and so and um how can people if they want to uh, be a part or donate or somehow help in the bold academy how do they uh find you there um, so it, it the website is the boldacademy.org um and if you go you can learn all about what we do and then there is a donate button and we actually have some cool um swag that we ship all over the world so we have a distribution company that ships for us so you can order and ship to your door and all the donations go to Bolt. Do you have a, uh, do you have like a shirt that says the Bolt Academy? We do. We do. All right. Yeah, I might be, I might put an order in for, for, for one of them. All right. Yeah. Crystal, thank dude, you. thank you so yeah. much. Thank you guys. It's been amazing. Thank you um, for uh, giving us an hour of your time and, and hanging out with us and, and, and telling us what you're up to. Um, yeah. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you for doing uh, all those things outside of yourself and we really really appreciate it and uh you know and and again we're huge fans of you and you know and keep doing what you're doing because you are making a difference oh thank you guys it's my pleasure i'm so happy to be here and humbled um so thanks thank you so miss crystal graves thank you very very much for joining us on you
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, That's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.